guys. Welcome back to the Stories of Freedom podcast. Um, this week, uh, well, you can see we got Kayla here. Hi, guys. And then our guest today is Rich Reeves. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're trying something different this week with the audio quality. Hopefully it sounds better than it has. Uh, we're trying the adapters that I got last month and uh, recording directly onto the phone. And then we're also doing some video. So the video probably won't be up till later in the week, uh, maybe not even till the weekend. It depends on when I can get to it. But uh, I'm going to have to do some some work there, some editing on that to make the sound come through right. So, um, but if nothing else, I'm sure you guys will hear this before. And when it goes up on YouTube and, and the video, I'll share that on Facebook as well. So keep looking at the Facebook page later in the week to see when that comes up. And we'll see how the video turns out. Right. And in the future, if people don't want the video, we won't do the video. I don't want anybody to not do the podcast because... Because they think they're going to get... Yeah on YouTube or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to do it and you don't want to be, uh, on video, just let us know and, and we'll just do audio only yeah. that week. Um, so, but, uh, I was thinking before, before we get into your testimony today, um, one of the things I was thinking, uh, there's a new show that, that Renee and I started watching, um, called God friended me. Have you guys seen that no. at all? The what? God friended me. Have you seen that? No. It comes in on on Sunday night, so it'll be on tonight. It's like the fourth episode. It's interesting. I don't think it's Christian-based, you know, as far as being a um, Christian-produced and stuff, but it's interesting to watch. It got my attention because it's about a guy who does a podcast, and he is an atheist, and he's a very staunch atheist, like very outspoken. That's what his whole podcast is on. And uh, the first episode, he gets a friend request on Facebook from God, and he keeps ignoring it because he's like, oh, someone's playing a joke on me, and it keeps coming back. So he finally accepts it, and then God starts sending him friend, re uh, friend suggestions like right away, and they're people that he's supposed to go help out in some way wow. or another. And it's kind of got him thinking, you know, he's still this far, I mean, it's not very far into the show, but he still thinks it's somebody playing a joke on him and he's trying to figure out who it is. But it's also got him thinking because there's a lot of things in there that seem to be more than just like, it'd be hard for somebody to pull off, you know, huh. something. So it's, it's interesting. Like I said, I don't think Check it's it Christian based. I don't watch it thinking it's going to yeah. be 100% biblical or anything like that, right. but you should get, check it out. It's pretty fun. It's a fun check show. Okay. Anyway, cool. I just thought I'd bring that up because yeah. I've been enjoying that show. And so has Renee. So, cool. uh, anyway, check it out. well, yeah. that being said, <laughs> okay. yeah, I don't think we have any other updates or, yeah, I don't. or anything. Don't think so. Sorry, it's been a couple of weeks. We've had yeah. uh, had some problems last couple of weeks. I, you know, um, so but we're here. Yeah, and hopefully yeah, we can make here. this week. Yeah, last Sunday again. Colston got hurt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's if you see him walking around church, he's got a big old goose egg on his forehead. <laughs> yeah, glad he's okay. That was a yeah. nasty bump. Yeah. So yeah, emergency room visit and everything. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was big. Yeah. So. so yeah. So Rich, how long have you been coming here to VCF? I think between about 12 years, I think. Oh, about wow. 12 years, maybe 15. I don't keep track. Yeah. <laughs> Since it was in uh, over by the pizza place in the ranchos oh, out okay. there, um, when I was searching for a church, I went to the movie theater mm. a few times. I wasn't doing that well in the Lord at the time, so I was sneaking out, sitting in the back row and sneaking out yeah. before anyone would confront me or anything like that, but um, 
so it's it's gone way back, maybe even 20 years the first time I went to this church, but wow. steadily about 15 years, I think. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you want to go ahead and share more about your story. and Okay. Um, I love sharing my story. Um, it's the exciting thing of my life. Everything else is in the past, and it's uh, not that great. You'll You'll hear some of it, but... I wanted to start by reading a scripture that the scripture itself tells my whole testimony. It says it's in 1 Peter 1.23. It says, Having been born again, not of the corruptible seed, but the incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And that's, I, I was born again by the word of God. I didn't go to church. I, um, when I was a kid, my only experience, I had two experiences while, while I was a kid. And I think I was around eight years old, nine years old, something like that. And uh, my oldest sister, she got invited. She was like my babysitter. She was pretty much older than me, like four or five years. Mm -hmm. And she um, asked me if I wanted to go to church with her. Her girlfriend had invited her to church. And and so I said, sure. And so I went. And I remember they had a the Sunday school class in a bus, a yellow bus. And uh, back then, I, I was in Southern California, L.A. area. And they didn't have, they didn't really have a lot of money at the church and stuff. But So we just met in a bus. And so I sat in the back of the bus. I didn't know anybody. It was totally foreign to me, but I was comfortable there. And I sat back there, and there was a couple, a husband and wife, I believe, and um, I have a bad memory, but these kind of things just come right back to me. I, I have no problem. I can see their faces. I could see their little pictures of Jesus that they held up, and, and I felt their love, and I can feel their love still. And, mm -hmm. and so I sat in the back of that bus, and um, they're talking about Jesus, and I just felt... For the first time in my life, I felt the presence of the Lord. As I look back at the time, I had no idea what I was feeling, but I felt good. I, it felt really good, and, and I felt their love, and I knew that the people sincerely loved me. And in the world, there's not a whole bunch of that kind of love out there. So that was one experience I had as a young child. And another one was my grandfather had just gotten uh, saved, and I guess he had a bad past. He didn't really share too much with me about his past or anything. I was just a kid. But he had gotten saved, and um, he had these little Bible books, little red, uh, you know, it just said Holy Bible on it. And back in those days, they used to hand them out at Sunday school classes and stuff like that. But it had all the salvation scriptures in it. And um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Those kind of verses. My grandfather used to offer all the kids, like we'd go over there for big dinners and stuff, and he'd offer all the kids a quarter to memorize a verse. So I would memorize a whole lot of verses because I wanted the money. I didn't really care too much about the verses, but they stuck. And um, that's the only two experiences that I can remember as a child. My parents didn't go to church. Um, they told me to say I was a Protestant. I didn't even know what that was. You know, on an application for a job, you would have to put if you're Protestant, Catholic, this or that. And 
I would just write that down, but I didn't really understand what that was. But later on in life, I got into a lot of trouble. I kind of went different directions and um, got into, I don't know, I remember in junior high, I, you know, stealing alcohol, ripple it on the way to school and getting drunk with my friends and and sometimes not making it to school. And, and that's kind of how my life, the pattern of my life was. My parents were both working. Um, it was a generation of keep up with the Joneses. So my parents both worked and they were not home at night. And I had really good parents, but they didn't take us to church or anything like that and teach us about the ways of the Lord. Um, that was the only thing that I wish was a little bit different. Um, maybe I wouldn't have had to go through some of the things that I went through. But it's okay because I know Jesus now. But mm-hmm. um, So I got into the, the typical things in L.A. It was a fast-paced um, instead of going the good route, you know, and doing real good in school, I was dyslexic, so I didn't do good in school. Um, reading was a problem. Kids would laugh at me. Like in fourth grade, I remember still today, just like it was yesterday, um, when it was my turn to read in front of the class, um, you know, all the kids laughed because with dyslexia, I'm reading different words off of different lines, and it just doesn't didn't make any sense. And and I didn't like being laughed at. So anyway, I chose to go a different route for my popularity, and it ended up being, you know, drugs, alcohol, and things like that. That's where it all started, and it went downhill from there. Um, so I'm going to jump way ahead and get out of my childhood and move on to, um, well, when I was 18, I started driving truck. I, you know, and that's what I knew how to do. My dad taught me how to drive truck. I used to go, he was a long haul truck driver. And so I used to go with him when I was a kid and he'd ha- have me when I was 14 years old, he'd have me back in trailers. And so I knew how to drive truck by the time I got old enough to get the license, I got it and started driving long haul. And I found out there was a bigger world out there, but still I was partying on the road a lot. Um, really partying a lot and then staying up, um, you know, I would stay up three, four days in a row and then uh, because I'm taking drugs to stay up so I can make the money and stay, you know, just take a load someplace, stay up all day, load another load and go back to, you know, another place. And it was just back and forth, back and forth and never sleeping. And uh, even got to the point to where to come down from the drugs, I had to take other kind of drugs if I wanted to sleep it it and it wasn't these weren't drugs of my choice I I just felt like I had to do it and um, I had other drugs that were drugs of choice but I'm not going to get into those things but so I went on through life and when I was 28 years old I was driving truck and I had been driving truck for 10 years now and doing drugs the whole time and uh so I wasn't in very good shape when it comes to that. You know, it was just I was really getting depressed, um, almost to the point of wanting to end it all. I had three kids at this point. I had a really good wife. I, I got married when I was 19 years old, and I'm still with the same wife that, that I got married with. I knew her in high school. She was a good Catholic girl, and and uh, real moral, and that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody that was 
that was good, better than me, and maybe that would influence me. And so she was a good mom. I had two kids at the time. I have three now, but at the time I had, when I was 28, I had two kids, and I was driving truck and, and coming back from San Francisco or someplace like that, and I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and a lot of, there's a lot of cliffs and things on the side of the road, and I'm just thinking, you know, I'm not a very good dad. I'm never home, and I'm trying really hard to make money to support my family, pay for the house and all this. And, uh, you know, I just didn't understand it all. I didn't understand what the purpose of life was all about. And so I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just drive this truck off one of these cliffs and um, my, my kids could, uh, you know, get the insurance money and that could, could be one good thing I did or something like that. That's how I was thinking. I was, had been up for three days and, and uh, not in my right mind or anything like that. So considering suicide, at the same time, the Holy Spirit showed up, and it was an amazing thing. I, I, you know, I started thinking about what haven't I tried, because I tried everything that I, that I ever wanted to do. I had done everything I ever wanted to do. I would, something come to my mind, I want to do that, I would just do it. My mom said you can do anything you put your mind to, which isn't exactly true, but, man, you can get a lot done if you really mm -hmm. put your mind to it. Um, later on, I found out that, you know, you can do all things through Christ, who is our strength. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I, I started thinking about creation because I loved going camping. I loved the outdoors and I loved looking at boulders that had lichen growing on them and things, trying to figure out what, man, this is amazing. You know, creation amazed me. So, uh, so I started talking to the creator. I didn't know who he was. The only seed that ever had been planted was those two of my childhood. And so, um, but they weren't really on my mind. And so I started talking to the creator and I, here's what I said, um, basically, it's almost word for word probably. It said, um, whoever you are, you know, um, I know that there's a God out there, someone who created all this and I kind of, looked at the mountains, the silhouette of the mountains. It was getting dark at the time, and it was really nice. You know, the sun was going down and everything. I said, I know there's a creator out here, you know, and I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're Buddha, Jesus. Those are only two. The Krishna, I think I said. I, I think there was three that I said, but Jesus was one of them. And I said, I, know, I don't know who you are, but... Whoever you are, if you could create all of this, then you could reveal yourself to me and cause me to know who you are and to know you personally. I want to have a personal relationship with him. And it was amazing. The Holy Spirit was kind of controlling the, the words that I was saying, I believe. And, um, and, so, and that's what God wants. He wants us to have that personal relationship with him. He wants us to really know him. Uh, at the time, I didn't know that, but um, I found out now that that's, he still wants that from me. He wants me to know him. And so what, what happened was I just started crying. I'm driving a truck down the road, and I'm just crying. My dad had always told me that boys don't cry, you know, and he, he didn't allow me to cry when I was a kid, and here I am crying. It's the first time I cried since I was maybe in sixth or seventh grade that I could remember. 
um, I was just really hardened in. And, um, but I'm just in tears, and, and uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God was so heavy in my truck while I'm driving down the road that I couldn't even see where I was going. The tears were just coming down so much. And so I made a deal with God. I said, oh, I don't know who you are, but, but um, if you get me into a place to, and get me away from my friends who I thought were friends, they were, you know, just drug dealers, most of them. And most drug dealers, you can't trust them very much. They'll stab you in the back. And that's another thing. I, I just had to get away from people. I didn't want anything to do with people anymore. I was turning into a recluse. Um, and I asked God, if you can get me away from people, get me into a place um, to where I can settle down and raise my family, and um, I will read the Bible. I, I made that deal with God. And I was the type of person that if I told you I'd do something, I would actually do it, even though I wasn't a Christian at the time or anything. But if I said I would do something, I would actually do it. Um, probably learned that from my parents. But uh, so next thing, I, I got home from that trip, driving truck, and I kind of, I didn't really totally forget about what was going on, but I had to work, you know, and I'm, I drove, I think I was going to L.A. from San Francisco or something like that, and and when I got there, you know, I just got another load and head back home. And when I got home, my wife said that um, that a realtor from up on the Canadian border in Washington had called and said that we had looked at this land like years, a couple years before that. And it was an old homestead in the middle of nowhere, no neighbor, nearest neighbors. You might be able to see their smoke from their wood stove, you know, a couple mountains over. That was closest neighbors. And so uh, the realtor called and said, well, this place that you looked at that you said for me to call you is available wow. if you want it. And it's, it was 40 acres for $12,000 or something. Wow. It was a pretty good deal. Um, and so I was gone. Uh, that brought it all back to my remembrance, and I told my wife, and my wife thought it was crazy, too. <laughs> but I, I told my wife, I said, well, this is what we're going to do. I had this conversation <laughs> with God, and, and uh, I made this deal with God, and, and uh, I told him if he got us out of here that I would read the Bible. And so what we're going to do is we're going to sell the house, this week, and we're going to pack whatever we could get in the truck, and we're going to up on the Canadian border and buying wow. this property. But she, you know how women are, she, did, she hey. thought I was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and I was kind of nuts, you know. I mean, she knew that I had, you know, she knew I wasn't in my right mind half the time anyway, but because I, I, I think maybe because I brought God into the picture and and um, reading the Bible and that kind of stuff that maybe that, I don't know, you'd have to ask her why yeah. she decided that she would go with me. But anyway, went up there, bought that plate. We sold the house in one week. It only took one week um, and it was gone. I mean, God was working right off the bat. Yeah. He said, okay, this is it. Here, the house is sold. This place up here, I had it bought before I even got there. I don't know how we did that, but we were able to transfer money up there, and we got that place. And, 
and uh, started living. And with, there was no house there. And they have really harsh winters, like 40 below, you know, things like that. And I, being from L.A. and all that, I, I didn't know anything about that. And I wasn't a builder. I was a truck driver. So I had to build a log cabin and, wow. and to get my family. And I only had one summer to do it. But while I was building the house and, and all of that, I was reading the Bible because I told God I would. And this is where this verse comes in because I was born again by the Word of God. There was, there was, uh, there was no church except for when I was a little kid. Um, uh, that those two things, events that I had with my grandfather and the in the school bus, but that was the only background I had in the Bible. And at that point in time, it was the Word of God that was speaking to me. And you know how the the, the words come off the page. They were just coming off the page all over the place because I, I was hurt and I didn't know how to do what all this stuff that I had to do, build this house, do this, do that. I didn't know how to do that. I had to ask God, well, if you're really God, I would put him on the spot. If you're really God, then, <laughs> you know, you would show me how to do this. And so, um, you know, I, somehow or another, I was able to get the house built and, wow. and, uh, it, it turned out really nice and everything, and um, but there was certain things that I'll, I'll tell you one thing that happened, and I don't want to drag this on too long, but one thing that happened that God just really revealed Himself in a big way. It was getting cold. We had like the house was ninety percent finished, but the last ten percent was the floor and the roof. And if you don't have a floor and roof, you can't stand the 40, 40 below weather. And so I, uh, and we were out of money. I had zero money and um, kind of going by faith, trusting in, trusting in God because I'm putting him on the spot all the time. And it, I pretty much had the attitude, well, you know, I was willing to die before. And if I just died trying to make this happen because I, you know, then so be it. I still had that attitude. But at the same time, God was speaking to me. And I ran across verses that said, ask what you will, and I'll give it to you. You know, verses like that. I was in John now. I had read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I was in John. And um, so the so I'm putting the Lord on a spot again. I said, well, if you're really God and you can do all these things, then I need a roof and I need a floor in my house. And I repriced it out. I needed, like, if I went up to Canada and got the got seconds and thirds on the lumber, I can get it all for 300, uh, 500 bucks. And uh, so, anyway, I prayed about that. And next thing I knew, here comes this little car. And we live so far in the middle of nowhere. Even if you gave a person directions, they wouldn't find it. You got to take logging roads this way and that way and and you know there's about 10 different turns on logging roads and stuff just to get to the house and so anyway here comes this little toyota corolla and it's like one of the first ones is this is in the old days you know i'm 66 now and i was 28 then so you could do the math it was one of the first toyota corollas that's when the volkswagen beetle was you know, the big thing. Well, the Corolla was the number two. But anyway, this guy comes driving up, 
and he comes up and and he finds our trailer at the top of the hill and and nobody had ever found us up there and i didn't really want any people up there anyway i didn't like people anymore um but the guy shows up and he gets out of his car and he introduces himself and he says hi my name's father o'brien and i'm just going uh whatever <laughs> you know um so i i asked him into the trailer gave him some coffee and um, we sat there and talked, and I, so I just asked him, I said, well, what are you doing up here? And he, he said, well, the Holy Spirit sent me. And uh, so I'm, yeah. I'm going, well, I don't really, you know, I understood a little bit about the Holy Spirit because I'm reading the book of John, but didn't really have any experience with the Holy Spirit until then, or maybe in the bust when I was a little kid. Uh, the Holy Spirit was there, and in that truck, I had a, an experience with the Holy Spirit, but this was a little bit different, and he said the Holy Spirit led him up there, and um, so I said, well, how did that happen? He said, well, I came from town, and I just started driving out this way, and God had spoken to me and said that I want you to go up to Onion Creek. Well, Onion Creek is just an area where a lot of hippies live way out in the mountains, and he, he sent him up to Onion Creek. He didn't know exactly where he was going to go, but he ended up at my place. And he said, every time I, I got to a little road, the Holy Spirit would say, okay, turn here, turn here, turn here, turn. And he ended up at my house. And so I said, so what are you doing up here? And he, he said, well, you know, um, I have $500 for you because... Wow. Um, I don't know, somebody gave an offering to him to take up there or something. I don't know, but uh, how all that worked wow. out. I tried to look him up later, and the guy, it was like he didn't exist or something. Might have been an angel unaware. I don't know. But wow. his money was real. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, so we took the 500 bucks, got the house done. Oh. And at that point in time, I started getting pretty serious yeah. and quit playing games with God so much. I still did play games a little bit, but um, it took me a while for the transformation to really kick in and and start uh, really serving God. And, and, and so I'll tell one more event that the Lord did. And I hadn't I hadn't heard from anybody preaching or anything like that. I'm still being born again by the word of God. You know, the regeneration is coming from the word of God. That's just how it. It, you know, I, it's confirmed in the Word, man. That's how it works. The Word just changes lives. And, and uh, so we finally got into the house, and we didn't have windows or doors. you got to chainsaw those out after the whole house is done. And uh, so we had this little hatch in the floor. It was the front of the house was like four feet off the ground. You crawl in under a little ladder, and you go up inside there and open the hatch, and you go in there. Well, it was our first night in there. Well, all we had in there was a mattress. I mean, the mattress had to go in before the floor because there was no way to get anything in there uh, through that little hatch. But anyway, we're sitting there. It's dark in there. We've, we did have a wood stove in there, and we had a kerosene lamp, and that was it. And I had my Bible, and I had my two kids and my wife, and we're, sit we're all sitting on a mattress. And all of a sudden, it's it's dark it's getting dark out i guess well it's dark inside the house but it was getting late so we're sitting in the house 
and wondering, wow, this it's amazing. We're finally inside this thing, and you know, it's pretty cool and all that. But I wish we could see outside. And so we're just sitting there. All of a sudden, we hear these voices outside. And um, I thought it was hunters because hunters come up there all the time and they get drunk and they cause a bunch of trouble and, you know, shoot your cows and everything else. So um, we heard those stories. So we're thinking, oh, no, it's hunters up here and stuff. And, and so uh, anyway, these two voices, they, they're yelling outside of the, the log cabin and they're, they're saying, hey, how do we get in your house? Is anybody in there? And all that kind of stuff. And I'm I'm going, yeah, we're in here. And uh, I didn't know if I should let them in or not. Well, you know, the Lord sent us up here, they said. Their name was Huey and and Willie. You know, they're both hippies. Hippie converted hippies. They were born again hippies. Um, And a lot of the Holy Spirit had moved through those mountains up there and, you know, done the same thing that that he, he had done with me and my wife with a lot of other people at the same time that were trying to escape from the city and escape mm-hmm. something, escape from something and live out in the middle of nowhere. Well, these two hippies, they're out there. How do we get in? We, we want to tell you something. Uh, okay, just go underneath the house and we'll open the hatch. So they came in. And so one of them, Huey, who became, became a really good friend of mine later. Both of them were very good friends of mine later, um, Huey, Huey and Willie. But um, Huey was speaking the word, and he was speaking some words out of John that I had read that day. Um, and it just really confirmed to me that these guys knew the same God that I'm reading about in the Bible. And um, so it, it was an amazing, another amazing Miracle, and there's a whole bunch of miracles, but we don't have time for all that. Maybe someday I could share the other half of my story because there's miracles all the way through it. But um, it it wasn't long after Huey and Huey and um, Willie left that I really gave my life to the Lord. I I was a private person. I didn't really do it in front of anybody, in front of them, but I did it between God and I alone. You know, and um, uh, I gave my life to the Lord, and and uh, I've been serving the Lord ever since. I've had my ups and downs. I've had my struggles. Um, I can probably share some of those things on a, a different time, too. But um, it's been a wonderful ride with the Lord. And, and, you know, my life was over before I started, you know, uh, before I started with the Lord, before he found me in that truck. It was over. I didn't want anything to do with it. It was it was not life was not worth living and i'll tell you what with jesus life's worth living i can't wait to get up in the morning every morning first thing i think of now is jesus you know and and i'll say his name because uh you know at the name of jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is lord and um i confess that every morning when i get up and and uh i just i just love the lord a lot, and I appreciate what he's done for me. And that's about wow. it for now. That was wow, a lot of good stuff in <laughs> so there. <good. laughs> I'm trying to think of where to begin here. I know, I'm just like, I don't just, I mean, in just like a state of awe, just like at his provision for you. And oh, yeah. I mean, it's just 
there's just there's no words. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And there's a whole so lot more, good. but I, if I put everything, if I talked about everything he did, we'd be here all day. <laughs> you know, because I was hard headed and you know putting God on the spot all the time. And well, okay, then do this. Then let's see you do that. And yeah. he actually would. I wouldn't do that today. Yeah. But but as a young believer or a non-believer, he w- he was willing to. Yeah. you know, reveal himself to me yeah. that way. And it was pretty, pretty awesome. It's so funny. I was just, uh, I was in the youth room today with the elementary kids and we were talking about Gideon and he was like, okay, God, like, if you really want me to do this, then get this uh, fleece wet, but leave the ground dry, you know? And yeah. then he's like, okay, you know, God does it. And then he's like, okay, well tonight, okay, now leave the fleece dry, but get the ground wet and, and then I'll believe you. So I don't, it's the, the parallel yeah. is just so funny. Cause like yeah. I was just teaching all that today, It is interesting. you know, like Gideon was asking for all these signs. Cause he's like, I don't think I believe you Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. thought it was yeah. cool. Cause like you said, you were, you were kind of, you know, if you want me to do this, then, then make this happen and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the father, uh, O'Brien, is that what he said his name was? Father O'Brien. Yeah. He shows up and he gives you exactly what you need to finish the house. And it's interesting because it's just kind of cool how God meets you where you're at. And Mm -hmm. I I think I've said that before on this, but it's like, he definitely met you where you're at. That's what you needed at the moment to, to hear him. I mean, you know, and I thought it was funny because you're like, I, I I was listening to God after that. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just, just the, you get to that point where it's like, how can you not? Like, exactly. Like, in your face and you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. And, yeah. uh, you know, and right off the bat after I got saved, I, you know, people are saying, I was still so hard-headed and, and stuff because, you know, I had grown really hard in the world and stuff and didn't trust people or anything like that, didn't listen to anybody too much anymore and um people were telling in the hippie church that people were saying well it's time to get baptized i'm saying well god hasn't told me to get baptized yet so i'm not doing it you know (laughs) it's kind of like that well they use the river to get baptized and you know i told you how cold it gets there Mm -hmm. what just so happens the lord spoke to me right in the middle of winter of course you're getting baptized (laughs) and so to to get baptized we had to go out. My wife got baptized, too, at the same time. But we were going down to the river, and we're walking on the river. And then somebody fell through in one spot, and that's where we got baptized right there. Wow. It busted the ice. And, and so it's kind of a dangerous because <laughs> you know. But anyway, that's the way the hippies did it, and it was pretty cool. We liked it and stuff. But uh, I was still hard-headed, and it... it, it well, my wife would tell you that I still am hard-headed, but uh, I'm better than I was then, you know? I mean, the Lord just keeps transforming you, you know? So it's awesome. You know, you mentioned about, like, creation and stuff, and that's that's kind of, to me, it sounded like what, what kind of kept you in tune with God, like, even when you were struggling a little bit, um, was just seeing Him in creation. Knowing there's a Creator. You may not know who the Creator was or who God was, but you knew there was a creator. Right. And that's something that like for me, like I know I've always I've always said, like, when you look at creation or you just look at nature, how can you not believe in a God? Mm-hmm. You know? Um I was actually just reading something, I think it was this morning. Um, I think it came through on my feed on Facebook. I think it was this morning or last night, and it was talking about it showed a caterpillar that uh 
its defense mechanism made it look like a snake. So like the head of a snake. So if, uh, if, um, a predator was coming up to it, it would fold in a certain way and it would come up and it looked like a snake. And it really did. It was really cool. And it was talking about how that was its defense mechanism. And I was thinking about like evolution and how, you know, they, with the, you know, they say that the different, um, over billions of years of just little tiny genetic changes that keep, that would keep the, the species alive. And I was thinking, how in the world would that defense mechanism even show up like a caterpillar to a snake, like a different species altogether, you know? And I'm like, the only way there's a creator behind that for sure, you know, protecting that animal. So I like that you brought that up because it made me, made me think about it. And that's something that has always kept me in tune with God. You know, I love being up here close to Tahoe, being able to just go up to Tahoe and just see, God's artwork mm-hmm. and, and know that there's a creator behind this and mm-hmm. this stuff doesn't just happen, you know? Yeah. 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 It's pretty amazing. Yeah. God is good. I, th- I think your story shows how important it is to be in the word. Yeah. Because it's like so many Christians are like, like, Oh, I've been baptized. Like I'm fine. You know, like I'm good. You know, I go to church like right, once right. a month or, you know, whatever, but it's like, you have to be in his word. Mm-hmm. Like he has to speak to you through that. You have to grow that relationship to be able to hear from him and receive those words and those signs and everything else. So I think your story perfectly shows that, you know, how yeah. just how important the living mm-hmm. word is yeah. to you and your walk and your growth and, yeah. And everything else. And that's what that's what it keeps you know, it's because of that experience, I just have a real hunger for the word. I mean, yeah. he's revealed himself to me through the word and he continues to do that on a daily basis and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Same with uh, working with kids. I, I love working with kids and I it it brings me back to the seed that was planted in that bus, you know. Um, I don't have to necessarily lead a child to the Lord. Just planting that yeah. seed, you know, is so important and watering that seed. And once in a while you get to lead them to the Lord. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's why that's why I, I, I just love the Word. I love to teach the Word. I, I, I love to be in the Word and talk about the Word. And, and um, I love kids. Yeah, I was thinking about that when you were sharing that story because you do the Good News Club and then you've helped out with Awana for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kids love you in Awana. I mean, they absolutely love you. Yeah. So yeah, love you have a way of connecting with kids. Mm-hmm. And, and now I see where that comes from. That comes from, you know, same experience you had as a kid. And right. Yeah. yeah, I think if you just love, just show love to children, you know. It was that love that I experienced with that husband and wife in that bus I, I felt that, you know, yeah. and um, it was a real personal thing that, you know, in the world, I wasn't feeling a whole lot of, I know my parents loved me, you know, they were so busy working and mm-hmm. stuff that they weren't able to, you know, just radiate that kind of love necessarily, but um, I just felt it, you know, and and I know that if if we are working with kids or or anybody really, adults or kids, but it's that love, you know, the love of God flowing through us. That's the, the thing that works. That's what works. Amen. Yeah. 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 All right. Wow. Well, so good. I think that might be a good place to wrap up unless anybody's <laughs> yeah. got anything else. So yeah. I think that's... I'm, I'm good. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming in and, yeah, thank and talking. You so and much. Yeah, yeah, if you want to come back and share more... Sure. We'd love to have you on again, you know, yeah, we'll share have more. Like a, a, a Rich Reeves uh, 
God's Miracles episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got some more. Cool. Some of them my wife would have to remind me of them, but she, <laughs> yeah. she's got a better memory than me. But, I mean, God just does so much, has done mm-hmm. so many things in our lives over and over again. Praise God. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we'll wrap it up there. And thanks again. And yeah, thanks. Thanks Hope for you guys in, enjoyed. Guys. And yeah. Look for the uh, video later on on in the week. Maybe I'll post it on Facebook when it goes on. And uh, yeah, we are using Xbox headsets. We're not real <laughs> professional, but they sound good. So, <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, I will, uh, or we'll catch you next week then. <laughs>